Hello and welcome to episode two of the Tangential Space podcast. I'm Matt Fowler. I'm Mike Girl. I'm Dave Vandergriff. And I'm Dave Iverson. And this week we are going to be talking about our favorite TV shows. Um, so we'll just kind of jump right on into things here. And Iverson, give us your number three TV show. Uh, okay, I guess I can do that. Actually, before I do that, I'm, I'm going to start by uh, just very quickly hitting on some honorable mentions. Um, I'm, I, I have about three, four honorable mentions, um, which I, I think is okay, because last week apparently we, have, we can have as many honorable mentions as we want, uh, or the last podcast. Um, one of the top honorable mentions, I guess, is uh, the show uh, Steven Universe on Cartoon Network. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, I hate myself for saying this, but it's a rare gem of a show. Um, it's, uh, it, the, the way it talks about and just kind of has subtle, um, uh, just the, the stories and everything behind it are very touching and, uh, very groundbreaking for a, a show on Cartoon Network. I also, uh, would like to mention, um, The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Those are, uh, Two shows that I'm currently watching that I am in love with, um, and it just it it just brings so much joy when I'm watching it. And just it's just fantastic shows. And the last the last honorable mention is actually Doctor Who. Uh, I was a gigantic Doctor Who fan uh, for a long time, and I'm st- I still consider myself a fan, but it, I did kind of drop off uh, a little bit uh, recently. But I think. Uh, I think that's mainly my fault. Um, I, I've, I've loved Capaldi, Peter Capaldi and everything he's, he's done with the show, but I just, I just have, I just haven't gotten around to watching it. Uh, so, uh, but that for honorable mention, that's it for honorable mentions. Uh, my number three is actually going to be a tie. So deal with that. It's a tie between, uh, Arrested Development and The Office. Are we talking British office or American office? American office. Okay. Uh, Brit- British office is just a little bit too awkward for me. It's it's hilarious, but uh, the thing that I love about uh, the American office is just, it, it just has so much more heart yes. to it, in my, in my opinion. It's just, uh, like, it, everything they did with... Uh, Pam and Jim, I mean, as, as far as it went, it... it I mean, most most stories in uh, most stories end with the couple getting together, and like most love stories, end with that that part of it where they get together, they finally confess their love and they kiss. But this goes way past that, um, and I mean, there's a bunch of other fantastic stories that go along with it, but. Um, and I, I've, I've watched this show so many times over and over again, and I, uh, I, I still tear up, um, in, <laughs> sounds so weird, the ninth season, um, when, uh, he's showing her that, that video, if you know what I'm talking about, yep. of everything that they've been through in the past, um, and it just, the, their relationship alone, 
make makes it totally worth my watch. But then then you also have Steve Carell there, um, and Ed Holmes, and just so many other fantastic people. Rain Wilson and everyone, even though sometimes I don't like Dwight's character, um, and I think it, it goes too far sometimes. But I just I, I just love I love the show so much, and I can definitely just go back to it any time and just start all over and I love it from the first season all the way to the end. There's a couple episodes I will not watch though. Like Scott's Tots, I will not watch it. I love that one. I'm sorry. That I one kills me. I I cannot watch it. It's so it's so horribly awkward that I cannot watch it. Um and the other uh, sorry, the other part of that is the other part of the tie is rest development. It is one of the best comedy shows that has been around. I, I mean that I that I've ever watched. Um, I'm I'm still watching it. Um, my my wife just recently went through it because it's going to be coming off of Netflix pretty soon. I think at the beginning of April, and I'm I'm st- it's not that I'm just now catching it, but I'm still remembering like very small. Has anybody? Has anyone else seen the Arrested Development? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it like subtle, subtle little things like uh, before Buster like goes out into the ocean to swim, you know, in the ocean for the first time. He's sitting on a park bench, and the the words right behind him says "arm off," mm-hmm. and so many other like small little jokes. Like he's uh, goes into. Um, the housekeeper's apartment and that's where his old hand chair is and he said some sort of line about I, I never thought I'd miss a hand so much and that was way before he, they removed his hand and you're just like Jesus are you kidding me this is fantastic and yeah that's 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 gonna be why I those are my two favorites I agree with you on that because I just rewatched everything just sort of Cuz, I suppose, with the rest of development. But there's unfortunately a great contrast, at least in my mind, between the original ones and then what they tried to do with the Netflix series. Like Absolutely. Yeah, like I was I binged it in probably a week and like flew through the first three just because it's the standard twenty minutes, and then like the Netflix ones like I like the storyline apart from it, like when I watched it out, but watching it like as a consecutive unit, like mm. it drug to a halt yeah. when you got to the Netflix episodes. Well, I think, I think part, part of the reason it, I mean, is cause it took, I mean, it, you know, it was so far removed from it and as, as much as they got, you know, most of their groove back, it just wasn't all there. And I think one of the biggest problems with uh, the fourth season is the whole show, in at least in my opinion, the whole show is based around this family that's stuck together. Mm-hmm. And then every episode on Netflix is about, like, one character randomly maybe running into, just barely, like, passing by someone else who you might see, you know, a little later. And it's just... It just kind of it just kind of misses why everyone loved that show, and well, maybe it was the formatting too, but it didn't have the because I noticed the same thing like the arm off and some of the things where like you could tell that they had some 
forethought or they had planned things that they paid off episodes and almost like seasons later on it. But yeah, that because it was a mixed timeline, you don't really have that payoff in the, the new format. Yeah. And, and I mean, it it might be different because I mean, the whole, the whole part of the show is that they all loved each other, but they all, all kind of like disliked each other a little bit. And the end of season three was really this, like, ex- like explosion, basically. And, like, everyone kind of being torn apart. So, I guess in a way, they kind of needed some sort of separation of the family. You know? But I I just think, like, if, if season five, whenever they, they get to it, is all about the family being back together, I think that just alone right there um, would make it that much better but uh i i think they did need some time apart just because of what you know happened at the end of season three but at the same time i just it just didn't work season four didn't work as well but i was i was still put it as my uh third favorite television show tied for my third favorite television show with the first three seasons all right, I'm going to keep it going with my honorable mentions and then my number three. Um, so for my honorable mentions, I have Fringe, which was a sci-fi show on Fox a number of years ago. Um, it was just one that, right, well, part of it is right now I'm re-watching it with my wife. Um, so I'm getting to experience it all again and seeing kind of like that Arrested Development a little bit, but seeing kind of the forethought that went into some of the plot points and seeing it play out differently than when I originally watched the series. Um, and it's just a very well-cast show. Uh, John Noble is equally terrifying and hilarious as Walter Bishop. Uh, Joshua Jackson from the Mighty Ducks movies um, is great in it. It's, it's just a fun, sometimes creepy, sometimes humorous, sometimes... Uh, just out there science fiction that it's one of those shows I, I can go back to and rewatch. Um, it takes me back to what we'll eventually get to with my number one show in terms of its format. Um, but have always enjoyed that one. And then one that just missed my top three would be the Simpsons. And that's mostly just because of its declining quality over the years. Like, seasons one through nine, phenomenal. Actually, probably if you go, like, four to nine, the first couple seasons, it was fine. It's footing. It was still great, but four through nine are just quality episode after quality episode. Agreed. Agreed. If if you've ever, like, looked through all of the the episodes, like, you'd think they were spread out throughout all of the, like... 20 some years but they're not they're like all the episodes that you love so much are like in the first couple of years and you're like oh yep yeah and so you know and the other thing that's always bothered or not always but the with the newer episodes one of the reasons i'm not a faithful watcher anymore is just the fact that they've started redoing some of the classic moments you know as the show was starting in the late 80s into the 90s you know, when you're talking about Homer and Marge's past, you're looking more back to the 80s and the 70s. 
now they're kind of redoing things. So suddenly, like when they're meeting, it's in the 90s. So the things they're interacting with are very different from what you've already come to know from the past. Which makes sense because it is a show that's airing currently. They want to be relevant. And you have a family that's never aged. But it's still, it's just a little bothersome when they're taking things that I knew and that I cared about and changing them. Yeah. But I will happily rewatch Classic Simpsons any day. And then to my number three show, it is Impractical Jokers, um, a hidden, cal- or hidden camera reality comedy show that airs on True TV. I found it just on a fluke one day when I was flipping channels while doing laundry and ended up pretty much watching the entire first season in a marathon because True TV loves to just show that show over and over and over again. But that's the thing. I can rewatch episodes multiple times and still laugh just as hard. It is the one show right now that I go out of my way to make sure every Thursday night I am able to watch that show at 10. And if not, I find a way to find it and watch it because that show just kills me. Um, You got the same four guys each week. um, Just coming up with crazy ways to force each other into strange, awkward situations. And then if they can't go through with it, they fail. And whoever fails the most gets punished in some increasingly bizarre manner. When the show first started, they were very tame and simple. And now some of them are just elaborate and off the wall. And again, I can just keep watching that show and laughing my ass off every time. I know it's 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 also a show that's a little more out there. Not as many people are as aware of it, um, mostly because it's on True TV, which is not a channel that gets a lot of watching. But unless it's March Madness and they're showing basketball games on it, that is true. That is true. Because that would always annoy me. Because then it would suddenly, oh, where's my where's my practical jokers? College basketball instead? No. <laughs> Because also, the the game that ends up on True TV is a game that pretty much no one cares about unless you went to that college. <laughs> Ooh, that's a that's a hot take. That's a bold bold statement. <laughs> they're they're not putting the the marquee game on True TV. The marquee game is ending up on network. That's very true. Okay, so also unless you have money riding on the game which chances are you probably don't unless you went to that school. (laughs) You don't know what kind of prop bets I got going on. (laughs) All right, Michael, hit us with your honorable mention followed by your number three. Let's take a quick poll. How many number three candidates did Mike have a tie for? I say at least four. Three. I'm gonna go three. I'm gonna go three. I mean, three at three. Well, that mean I mean, are you counting the honorable mentions or just the number three spot? What's tied for the number three spot? Okay. So <laughs> for my my honorable mentions, um, I have How I Met Your Mother, um, 
I mean, great it, show. It's a good show. It it it. I think really with all of the shows I have on my list, really they're all close enough that it almost could have been any one of them could have been one or two, but you know you got to cut a line somewhere apparently. Sometimes. <laughs> um, and then I have uh, West Wing on my honorable mentions. Uh, we'll probably talk more about that later because I think it's on someone else's list. Um, but another good show that I was into more recently, not when it was actually on. Although How I Met Your Mother, I watched when it was mostly when it was on, not the first couple seasons. But um, and then I have Breaking Bad as an honorable mention. Um, I don't know if you guys, either of the any of the three of you, have ever really watched all of it. I know Matt tried for a while, but it just didn't hook him. I finished it. You finished it? Yeah, I, I finished fin- it. Yeah, I finished it. Uh, I finished. I, it I watched. I yeah. I I think I finished it live as well. Oh, well, good job, guys. Or at least very, or at least very close to it. Yes, I'm. I'm in the strong minority for people that have not made it through that show. I just I'd call say it a weak minority I'd, at that. Point. Yeah. Oh my god. Dude. <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad Dave and I thought of the same joke and you got to it first. <laughs> That's not embarrassing at all. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Breaking Bad, I think, is just a a good example of a well-made show that uh, had a, a good storyline and very well acted, and it really didn't let... Like, I think it took a season or two to get into it, but I think after that it really didn't let up, and it ended pretty close to as best as I think they could have ended it. Um, And then my last honorable mention is The Sopranos, which I honestly had tied at number one for a while, so that really does show how closely put together my list is. But um, it's been a while since I watched it, and I think that's part of the reason I pushed it down, although I did start watching season one a couple weeks ago. Um, But it's another just good... started this whole, I feel like, anti-hero main character movement which which sort of set the stage for my actual number three pick, which is Mad Men. Um, I thought it was just a very well-acted show as well, and great as a timepiece. I mean, they really kept true to their era, and it's just an interesting look, and I like the philosophies that were sort of in there, and just the odd look at human nature itself. Did any of you guys watch Mad Men? I did not. I've tried like three separate times and stopped midway through, I think, season two every time. I I got pretty far into it. I I got to um oh gosh, there's no there's no real good way to explain it. I was gonna say the last thing I remember was um John Hamm's character having an affair. <laughs> but <laughs> Even I know you have to be more specific. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, no, I, I think it was after I think it was after that and uh he was with one of his new wives. Yeah. So I also think that <laughs> I, I made it a couple seasons, but keep going. So I I also think that Mad Men ended perfectly. Um it's sorta of open ended. It's very similar to The Sopranos, actually. Not that, I don't know if any of you guys have seen The Sopranos, but so The Sopranos had a very famous uh, scene cut to black, and people didn't know if it was actually over. You don't know what happened ending, and we'll really never relive it now because 
uh, James Gandolfini's dead. But I think that and Mad Men both just great endings that maybe you didn't see coming and sort of left it up to your imagination, but was sort of implied. But I think they did a good job with it. So Mad Men is my singular number three pick. Ooh. Ooh. I stand very corrected. I apologize. All right, and Vandergriff, hit us with your number three and any honorable mentions you may have. Well, and this is the point where I become very Mike-like because I had quite a, quite a struggle. Want to be like Mike? Um, quite a struggle narrowing it down. Um, I also um, broke into, which I've already been uh, made fun of off-air for, but uh, broke my categories into um, shows that have completed so shows that are completely done um shows that are ongoing um and new shows because it for me personally it was sort of like um is it okay for me to select something that's like still current because like it could tail off or could go on way longer than than it should um my um probably easily most easily explained honorable mention is um what i'm calling late night tv um saturday night live was the first show that um brought this category sort of in shape it's one that i've um gone back to especially this year of trying to catch um every single episode and it uh it of course ebbs and flows with the the talent that's on there and sort of what they're um satirizing but i think you know um i've had a couple of major waves where i've always sort of come back to saturday night live and uh really appreciated it and then um like the daily show and colbert um both on comedy central colbert and then uh his current one i haven't seen that as much but i still try and catch um if nothing else youtube clips of the monologue or stuff they're posting online um conan back when he was on network uh letterman all of those sort of are ones that I would try and seek out, or if nothing else, would have been a staple of my TV watching um, career. Um, I do, I did really like, and I've gone back to the Netflix show Flaked with Will Arnett. Um, really liked it. Really want to see where that story um, goes. And it was one that they only did like I think ten episodes on, um, so they didn't exhaust it right away which i think was kind of refreshing um i also have doctor who as an honorable mention because that's another uh amalgamation of a show where it's technically been on for 50 years and so like i haven't seen its entirety um i want to shout out to the good place on nbc because if you guys haven't watched it i highly recommend um if nothing else because i need to talk about the season one finale with somebody um but i really like that and i think that's um it had good legs on it because i think the show creator had been connected with um parks and rec and something else that was really solid that i forget off the top of my he, head he but, uh, is the creator of parks and rec and brooklyn 99 yeah there we go thank you yeah and so he was a writer on snl for a long time i believe well, that just connects so many dots for me, because <laughs> um, nine nine's also on my uh, ongoing list, which I forgot as I was searching my head. Um, 
Stranger Things, of course, want to see where it goes. Of the finished products, though, which I sort of weight heavily because I know, like, the overarching story. Um, Breaking Bad, which was mentioned, is is highly up there. Um, wanted to mention Pushing Daisies because... Oh, great show. Um, great. It's, I have it listed as finished, but unfortunately, if you don't know, it was a show that kind of got smushed by the writer's strike. It had some steam for the first season, and when it came back, it didn't really retain or it wasn't new enough, and it was still in that pre-streaming era that it didn't have a following that would would keep it. But uh, It was also just too quirky for network TV. I don't think it was ever going to make it on ABC. Well, I think it could have As many time. people as I tried to get to watch that show, there were so many that were just like, oh, that's that really weird one, right? And they wouldn't even bother. That was a show that needed to be on cable or Netflix or somewhere. Granted, that's before the network Netflix series, you know, hit. But it's one of those shows that kind of it it almost came out too soon, and it ended up in a place that it wasn't going to work. Or even like the CW nowadays would have been a place where it would have succeeded. Yeah. yeah. Where you don't you don't need to get the the ratings of a ABC or a CBS to to keep going. I, I loved Pushing Daisies. That would definitely be, be well, or even like upper um, echelon of Supergirl, shows. which started on one of the networks and then flipped to to CW. Yeah, it's, like it's CBS one that, to CW, CBS, and then yeah. went over to its rightful place on CW. But uh, but even now, like there's a little bit more fluidity on like changing networks or getting picked up by cable. But I just. I still think in any show, like after the first season, there wasn't much that that hung on through it that was like new or innovative or trying to to change something on it. But but I agree, it was just sort of wrong place, wrong time, almost kind of like Arrested was too. Um, same thing. It's another series I discovered on Netflix. Um, it's not a Netflix original, but I found it there. Sort of wrong place, wrong time, but better off Ted. Oh yeah, you showed uh, it. One, yeah. I think you showed it to us. Yeah, um, it's that's sort of my like with Fowler trying to push pushing daisies. That's sort of what I do. If you like Arrested Development, it's got Portia de Rossi and it's got Jay Harrington, who I think at that time was most notable for um, Desperate Housewives or something. But it's just it's hilarious and quirky and a take on sort of the um, big sort of like Monsanto type companies and corporate uh america and some of that stuff but it's just it's really fun it was stuck in a terrible slot on abc i think they had it after desperate housewives instead of putting it after one of their comedies or modern family or something where it would kind of work but i want to say it was pre-modern family but it bounced around a lot i think it was it it ended up in a comedy block during the week but the other stuff was not great because i watched that one as it aired and okay. yeah, it, I, I want to say it had a couple different time slots, a couple of different days of the week that it ended up on and it just never got any footing. But that was a good one, too. Yeah, so I've got that. Plus, I'm sure ones that I've forgotten for honorable mentions of shows that either um, didn't start or started too um, quickly or ones that I've sort of I was trying to find everything that I had watched fully because that's sort of what the 
majority of my top three, which I'll transition to now, um, is um, I did include uh, I do have a tie, so I apologize, Mike, for making fun of you because you only had one three and I have two threes plus, you know, five minutes worth of honorable mentions. Um, but I have Big Bang Theory tied for the third slot. Um, another one that I went back and just watched the previous three seasons, so seven, eight, and nine. Um, it's my only currently airing show on it, but it's one that I've consistently sort of gone back through, and especially just watching seven, eight, and nine. I think, um, at least in my opinion, it's it's a different style of comedy. But now that we know the characters, they're able to get into some stories that um, really kind of push some things. Or not everything is a comical presence. Like it's starting to make you think on a couple um, things. One that. Uh, is still one of my favorites that I've watched probably five or six times is one where um, Raj has sent a, a probe that's supposed to turn on as it passes Pluto or something. And he ends up in a sort of whole, like um, basically they bring up the, the science versus religion debate and uh, sort of bring it up, even though he's a uh, Hindi, which is not the religion that you would expect in one of those. It still kind of shines an interesting light on it. And they're able to, touch on it and it was a little bit more of like a kind of like what we talked with the the movie uh, podcast um but uh the like comedy being a little bit serious that actually gets you to think so um i think that's one i mean that they're renewed or in negotiations through season 12 so i think that it will still still hold up because um it's got it's shown some evolution on it so um I really like it. Um, it's still they even a have class. a spinoff coming. Do they? There's a yeah. They're um, they're in talks about doing a young Sheldon TV show that I think is pretty much guaranteed to go to pilot. Well, that wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. That'd be good. I'll give that a go. Um, and then uh, sliding into the third slot. Um, is the the TV show Chuck, um, starring Zachary Levi, um, fits the sort of whole, um, basically someone who shouldn't be in a James Bond spy thriller, just sort of the everyday nerd, um, gets dropped into that sort of world. Um, it's it needed to be solidified into my top three. I think it could have been higher had it been given a fair shot. Um, one of the famous things about Chuck is that they had a huge partnership with Subway and they had a very, very vocal uh, nerd following that kept it from being canceled. So if you watch through the series, almost every season finale could have wrapped up the show because it was always on the bubble. And um, that's one where I think kind of like Pushing Daisies, it may have thrived a little bit better on a, a TNT or something where it could live out its story and have um Josh Schwartz and the creators actually go through with a little bit of security instead of being uh writing into a corner all that said I did like everything that we got from that show it had action sequences it had huge nerd out sequences um uh the classic premise of nerdy guy with of course he's paired with a um very attractive blonde woman as his handler and so he's like ooh la la 
So it's got a little bit of romance in there for the girls. Yeah, um, just the girls. And the guys. Who am there I talking you go. about? Um, <laughs> know your audience. Uh, but it was just, it was very good. Would have liked it to be, you know, a little bit more uh, of a fluid story or not have that that worry so they had a little bit more freedom to explain it but it was uh was very good and uh just like mike said any of my top three or whatever could could cycle out and they're all very very close for me to even start thinking about it yeah that one chuck would have been kind of interchangeable with fringe for me and my honorable mentions there um and while i do agree that you know it would have been nice if it had a little more security in its airing i did feel that it stood up on its own and they were allowed to finish the story in their way you know that last season they were given they knew that was it and so they got to go out in the way that they wanted to and i would put that finale up there as one of you know my favorite finales for a tv show it wrapped things up it felt like closure yet at the same time there was just that little kernel left of like well what what could happen next yes you know so you're you're always like oh it'd be sweet if they made you know a netflix revival or if they got a movie or something like that but at the same time if i never get any more chuck i'm fully satisfied with the five seasons i got certainly 100 percent agree with that because there's nothing worse like we both know um pushing daisies um like where they didn't know it was going to be the final and then we wrap up all the storylines very quickly in 90 seconds and that was very much unsettling and not not how you want to finish up your story that's yeah. more unresolved than chuck was chuck was per- perfectly timed out themed and it was uh i would agree that it's up there in in season finales um, for finishing up a story. All right. Iverson, hit us with your number two spot. All right. Uh, My number two, I again have a a tie um, that just recently came to my head just now, uh, which is, sounds like it shouldn't be happening in the number two spot, but it is because uh, my number two, um, my two number twos, aren't really alike at all, but they're both fantastic shows. Um, one of them is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This uh, was a show that uh, when it aired, I I would not have given it the time. Um, and But I eventually, my, my brother actually made me watch it uh, past the first season, because the first season, if anybody's watched it, uh, the first season is incredibly campy, uh, just bad, uh, like, n- not, not, not fantastic dialogue, or makeup, or horror outfits, or anything like that, it's, it's super campy, um, but then they, like, slowly got uh, better choreography, better, and and you can kind of see it progress in the show. Um, I, it just it just started like getting better, better everything, uh, better writing, better acting, better guest stars, better makeup, all just all the way along. And 
Um, I, I think one of the things that I, I, I truly love about it so much is that um, it it grew up with them. Uh, so it started with her in high school, and then it went to her uh, trying to go to college. Uh, so you had a couple college years, but then um, crap happens. If anybody's seen it, it's um, in in one in one and truly, honestly, one of the most devastating episodes of television. Like the hardest to watch episode of television is, uh, and by the way, this is not a spoiler because the show has been off for way too friggin' long. But it's it's the episode where uh, her her mother dies, and what's so hard about it is there's no Joss Whedon didn't do any sort of time jumps. He didn't have any sort of background music. He didn't have anything. When when the episode starts, it is her walking in to the living room and seeing her mom dead on the couch. And then you have real time of her um, trying to wake up her mom, realizing she's dead, going to um, make a call to 911, um, going outside to get some air, going inside, realizing, you know, her skirt's a little too high and putting it down, all the ambulance comes. And it's all real time, and there's no other music other than just the the sound of her walking and everything. And it's very, very tough because this is after season, and it's just uh, that along with like the musical episode, the episode where they uh, didn't get to speak at all. I, it was just there. There's so many fantastic episodes, and they they all grew up and. Lots of very, like, lots of lightheartedness as well as some very serious, heartbreaking moments made it a fantastic show. And I'll try to make it quick. It was tied with The Wire, um, which is a shame that I haven't said it up till now. It's a fantastic show, unbelievable show that went for five seasons because it should have gone for five seasons. And it's, it's just this, this, uh, this this gritty show of how uh, of just the war on drugs, and I I mean I I I don't live anywhere near that lifestyle, but it is just so it, it's just so fantastic and brilliant to watch, and and you have characters like Omar and uh, Stringer Bell, like it, it's just it it blew my mind when I was watching it that you had the these. These deplorable people, these these drug dealers who are just doing the worst things, but they're fantastic with their families, and they're make, trying to make a better life for themselves. Stringer Bell actually goes the the drug dealer goes to take like classes at like the the college nearby to figure out how business works. So he can try to better his drug dealing business. But then you have McNulty, the cop who's coming after him, who's just always completely drunk and just always making the worst mistakes, can't hold a relationship. He's doing the worst. He's, he's using his own kids to tail drug dealers one day. 
that he he took the kids to like a uh, a, a big market. He saw the drug dealer and he told his kids to tail him. And it was just like, he's just a, a terrible guy, but he's the cop. So it's this very interesting show of, of like good and bad. And then the show, the way the show ends is, uh, nothing, nothing, everything does matter, but nothing matters. And cause this is just life. So it's not like it wraps, it does wrap up. But at the same time, you just know that something, I mean, as soon as you knock out one drug dealer, someone else is going to come back and take up that spot. So, and, and it's just, it's a fantastic show, but it is so hard to get people to watch because it is five seasons of ten episodes. Actually, I think the first season is episodes, but it's all very deep. And I, I don't know if I've gotten any of you, to, have, has anyone else watched it? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's f- fantastic. I want to say I watched the first at least two seasons with you and your brother. I'm I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Back in the renting discs from Netflix days when I lived <laughs> with you guys. Good times. Good times. Yep. Um but yeah, those that those two uh Buffy and The Wire uh, would definitely be tied. Um, for number two, because they just, they completely just changed the way I, I view just characters in general. <laughs> yeah. And, th- and that's it. My number two spot is going to the first season of True Detectives. And the reason I can do that is because the first season stands alone. Season two didn't have the same actors, didn't have the same characters, didn't have the same setting. It was more just like an anthology so they could take it in a different direction and it wasn't a great direction. But season one is one of those shows where I was immediately hooked. I binge watched it in two days and the only reason it took me two was because um, it was one of those Comcast free weekends so you had access to anything And suddenly in the evening, everyone was using it and the video quality went down and I'm like, I don't want to watch this in crap quality. I'll wait till tomorrow. And I got up immediately in the morning and finished the final two episodes. (laughs) It is one of those shows that I have rewatched probably four times now. And the first couple rewatches were immediately after it was suddenly, oh, my brother's visiting. You need to watch this show. It's amazing. And we would just sit up and watch episode after episode. A couple weeks later, a good friend of mine comes to visit. You need to watch this show. And you binge watch it again. And it just holds up so well. The acting from Woody Harrelson and um, Matthew McConaughey is top notch. Uh, The acting, the directing, everything about that show was just phenomenal. And I will happily rewatch it again on my list of things to eventually make my wife watch with me (laughs) but i i just i i I can't say enough positive things about that show it was just so freaking good and now i can't see like a you know squad of birds flying in the sky and not think of like that visual of like the big swarm of them just kind of moving all in one motion and how 
eerie that was. And now when I see it in nature, you're just like, wow, true detectives, man. <laughs> All right, Michael, number two. Uh, as a side note, I will say that True Detectives is amazing the first season. I didn't even finish the second season. I did start it, but it just, whatever. Um, and it wasn't intentional also, but I realized that every show on my list has ended. I know Dave was talking about, um, he had a bunch in his honorable mentions of shows that are still ongoing. And I don't know if I did that intentionally or not, but I just thought that was a funny note. And uh, I didn't include anything that I really liked one season of. I guess Stranger Things would be a good example of that really freaks and geeks was one season that's a great show too but i don't know i just tried to look as or true detectives is a good example of where one season was good and one season wasn't i just tried to look at the shows as a whole i guess um but my number two is a tie between parks and recreation um which fantastic it's just a great show there's so many like i mean there's a lot of inside jokes you get from everything but just the first season was a little rough, but you know, once they, they, especially like toward the end of the second season, beginning of the third season, they really hit their stride, and just everything that came out after that was great. And they're another one of those shows that was seemed to be constantly on the bubble, and some of the seasons were a little shorter because of that. So, but they're all good, and it had a great ending. I think the best ending it probably could have had. Um, I th- I think that is my top finale of all time. The way they ended that show, I want to say was perfect in that, unlike Chuck, where you had that kernel of, oh, I could re, you know, I I hope there's more. When Parks and Rec ended, there was nothing else they could do. They gave me closure on basically everyone. And I walked away so satisfied not even sad. Like a lot of times when I get to the ending of a show, there's that feeling of sadness. Like I just finished watching um, Friends for the first time on Netflix and I got to the end and it was kind of sad. Like, oh, that's over. When Parks and Rec was over, I wasn't even, there was just satisfaction of like, that was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, tied with Parks and Rec, I have uh, Scrubs, which I put them together because they're both kind of my comedies. I mean, I had How I Met Your Mother, which I think could have easily been in the same grouping, but Scrubs is kind of the older version of Parks and Rec. I mean, they're not really related, but in my mind, Scrubs was just like, there's so many great jokes from it. The casting was so great. There was such great chemistry between the ensemble and just, you know, the, the reoccurring bits, the reoccurring characters. I think in both of them, you just felt like they were real places, both Parks and Scrubs. I think, like, you, you felt like you could be in Pawnee and you would know everything. And the same with Scrubs at Sacred Heart. Like, you knew all the doctors and they all had their weird little bits. And I think that's really probably what really makes those both those shows so great. And Scrubs had a rocky ending. And I'm uh on spoiler alert i saw it on dave's list i'm pretty sure that's why it has an asterisk but (laughs) um uh you know the ending they they jumped us they jumped to a different a whole different network and had one more season and it was sort of not it it was basically a spin-off but uh you know it's still a good show and the final two were on abc yeah okay um the but last yeah. one on NBC was the terrible, like, time travel themed princess. 
Ugh. Medieval Times that Fair episode. Made no sense. Okay. Yeah, so Which uh uh spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so then they had I may have an opinion. So then they had one good season. I think it was on ABC they had gone to. I'm not sure. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it was ABC. But then they had that one really good season again and then they ended they sort of ended it, but then they ended up coming back. And then they had their whole spinoff. So the ending was sort of botched. Not at the fault of the creators, because they just didn't know they wanted to keep making the show, obviously. And um, I can't even think of his name. Uh, JD's act, the actor that played JD, just wanted to... I think he wanted Zach, out. Zach Braff. Yeah. I think he wanted out, and that was another big part of it, because he wanted to go make movies, which, you know, that's not been going great for him, I wouldn't say. I mean, he's made a couple, but, you know... It's sort of like, oh, I should have had that 70s show on here. It's sort of like Topher Grace leaving that 70s show, but, you know, how'd that go for him? Um, you know, but yeah, Scrubs and Parks tied for number two. Both great comedies. Yeah. All right, and Vandergriff, number two spot. Well, just for the sake of, of continuity and not so we just continue a Scrubs discussion, um, which Scrubs asterisk is my number two <laughs> um, I realize in reading through my list that I um, did have a fault. Um, I do want to give an honorable mention to an ongoing show that will be finishing up the season on BBC America, um, being Orphan Black. That show that I have just like devoured and craved more. Um, it sort of wandered in an interesting direction in season two, but it's certainly snapped back. Um, and it's one that I really want to see how they're going to finish it up. And uh, if nothing alone, uh, the acting by Tatiana Maslany as she plays all the different clones. She has different qualities to each clone. She's played clones being other clones, and there's been quirks to it. So the level and attention of detail in it and the sort of mystery um, is certainly uh, a show that will cement itself in my um, shows that have finished top 10. Um, by far um and unfortunately they're coming out in june instead of april so instead of having one more month they announced i have to wait three more months which is a first world problem i know but i want to i want to figure out what happens um with that said um i did have scrubs as my number two as well um the asterisk is um in my mind because when ABC purchased it. I'm sure they're like, well, we have the rights to it, so let's try and spin it off and make a little bit more money. Um, and it was originally marketed as Scrubs Interns, um, and they were going to sort of have select appearances to sort of say, hey, it's still in the same world, you know, have a doctor with it, but sort of hand it off. And the handoff didn't work work out so well, so they extended the contracts of the original characters and then sort of called it Season 9, which was terrible. Um, in fact, you know, just like Friends has the one with for their episodes, Scrubs episodes all have my, so sort of my life, my this, that, or the other thing. Yeah. The season eight, so the finale on ABC after ABC picked them up was called My Finale, part one and two. Like, it closed, um, in my mind, like, that was the closure in the ending i wanted if it had ended at the end of season seven with my princess oh that was just that would have been 
a complete travesty and it wouldn't even scrape the 10. It would be one, like Mike said, I had some good episodes, I sort of liked it, but it that would have killed the entire series. And it probably has one of my favorite episodes of all time in it. It was in season four, um, episode 17, which is called My Life in Four Cameras, um, which really looks at, uh, it's sort of meta, if you will, um, where it looks at, because um, Scrubs was shot as a single camera comedy, um, but then he sort of had a scenario because he gets in there, you know, musical episode, Muppet episode, etc. Is that the one with James Burroughs? Um, as a patient, looking at, I believe so. I don't know his. He was himself, uh, so he would have been himself. The guy who created Cheers. Yeah, I believe that is the episode. I'm not yeah. certain. Yeah, I'm just trying to because it was like an homage to the older comedies, basically. Yeah, so they take they take uh, Scrubs and. Uh, actually bring in shoot it in four cameras the lighting's completely different um but it really looks at like tv and what tv does for you or sort of how you engage with it and the role that it plays in our life which is sort of a very interesting route for a tv show to sort of have this introspective and it was early-ish on in scrubs i mean it was season four so it was kind of hitting its sweet spot because i mean like i said they did a musical episode, they did a Muppet episode, they did a whole whole number of things where sort of quirky things happened. Um, Wizard of Oz episode, I love that one. Oh, that's right. Yep. Um, so different themes, but this was one that really had, had a lot of heart and uh, a lot of... Um, that's just when, like, whenever I'm feeling kind of blue, like, I'll throw that back on, because it's just, like... A good standalone if you don't know anything about the characters, if you love TV, and it's good within context. But yeah, it, it was one of those shows that was so good at hitting both the comedy and the drama at the same time. Yeah. And it could be like at the drop of a hat, you know, a switch between the two. And it never felt awkward and it never felt forced. It felt genuine. Exactly. And the other genuine piece of that show that I loved was the friendships that you saw on that show. Like, you you truly thought that Turk and JD were best friends in real life with the way they, they interacted with each other. Yeah. Well, I think they actually are. I, I think so, too. And it, yeah, and it's very likely. Still, yeah. But it, it, came out, it came across on camera as well. Yeah. Like, you wanted to just jump in there and hang out with them. Um, another one that I always felt that way about was uh, Psych with... Uh, the the two characters Gus and Sean, where you felt like, oh, those are two childhood best friends that have known each other for years. You had that with Turk and JD, and I think that might have been one of my favorite parts of that show was just seeing them interact with one another. Hmm. Uh, one for me was uh was uh, JD and and Doctor Cox because that relationship is just so fascinating, of him just sort of like. You know, in his Zach Braff way, like, I'm needy, like, I want you as a father figure, like, sort of that being the premise. But, like, you know, his character is just so complex, and you can have those emotional monologues, and you sort of see his struggle and stuff with it. Like, he can be just a dick, um, too, but, like, just that that relationship between, like, it's not all 
like comedy like hey we're all friends everything's going going great like that helps play in with the reality because like you know you're my mentor we should be really good friends or we should be like this or why are you so hard and not seeing like the other motivations or sort of the bigger picture within the relationship so uh another great thing i just really want to mention quick about scrubs was the music choices were phenomenal in that show oh yes except for i believe if you watch it on netflix now some of it's different yeah yeah I think they only got broadcast. I think some of it even changed from broadcast to DVD because they only got rights for like the show. Yeah, but the, their musical choices in that show were great. Yeah. Yes, they were. I, uh, yeah. Per- personally, one of my favorite one of my favorite parts about that whole show was um, I've I've actually gone through and just watched the episodes that that make me start to tear up. Like, because, I mean, we all know the show is hilarious. Like, it's just a, just a funny show, but it's, it's like the, the episode where, um, oh, uh, Cox's brother-in-law dies. Brendan Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Yeah. That, that moment where, um, he's talking to Brendan Fraser and. And then JD is just like, where do you think you are? And then like just just those moments where like you're you're in the middle of like laughing and smiling and then like because they do this so well in this show, but those moments where you're smiling and like laughing and enjoying everything, and then all of a sudden it just like the floor drops out and your heart just drops. And you're just like, Oh that got real. That got real, real. Those, those are those. I mean, there's so many of those. Like, uh, I think early on when Michael J. Fox came on, and like he's washing his hands and won't stop washing his hands, and like flips out, and I just, I just remember like just getting goosebumps in that moment and being like, I love this show. Doctor Kevin Casey. Dr. Kevin Casey. Dr. Kevin Casey. Dr. Yeah, and then there's like there's the one where they had uh that lady from Saturday Night Live where she was the ambulance driver and you know, she kept talking about her son and she wouldn't shut up and Dr. Cox was annoyed by her, but then it turned out her son was dead. And then uh Molly Shannon. Yeah. And then there was the girl that was from uh was it Mad T V? Um the blonde girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was always Elizabeth back Sullivan, and I wanna say. Yeah. Yeah, and then it yep. They realized, like, she had tried, I think she had tried to commit suicide or something weird was going on. Yeah. You also also have, like, in the first season, you have the old lady who just wanted to go and, like, they spend, what was that, JD spends all night with, like, a list of things to do before you die, and she's like, yep, I've done it all. Yeah. Well, and when, uh, um... Nurse Roberts died. Although, so she sort of came back, but... <laughs> yeah, she was... <laughs> well, then again, when Bob Newhart's character died in uh, Big Bang Theory, they just kept bringing him back as a Jedi ghost for multiple episodes. So, not an unused tactic to make an emotional storyline happen and then uh, 
revive a character through the magic of television. Or, if we're talking in film, when uh, all of a sudden a character in The Fast and the Furious disappears. But, oh no, they just rolled down a cliff and they're fine with memory loss. (laughs) We just won't worry about that. (laughs) Anyway, we should probably get going to number ones. Mr. Iverson? Okay. um, (laughs) This this is going to be an interesting one, and I, I think some people... Might might disagree with me as to why I would put it up or how I could put it up there, um. But it's not just one show; it's a lot of different shows because I I my number one is a genre. Pretty much, pretty much. But it's mainly just WWE programming. That's that's uh, Monday Night Raw. That is uh, SmackDown Live. Uh, there's so many other shows that go into it, but I I I lump all, I lump all of it together, uh, because it's just so. I mean, if 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 you make me split hairs, I I will talk to you for so long about which one uh, which one I would prefer. But I'm just gonna say all of it. I have I have been a fan of professional wrestling since way back in the the WCW days. Um, Back when I was in middle school, I I just and I watched it even before that. But I just I I specifically uh, when the moment that I I knew I was gonna be a pro wrestling fan for the rest of my life was uh, the moment Chris Jericho came out on Monday Night Raw and interrupted The Rock. If anybody remembers, that was a great moment. I do remember that. That was a fantastic moment. No one talks back to the rock like that and it was Chris Jericho. It was unbelievable. But uh I just I just right then I just knew I'd be a fan and I have been a fan and there's so much right now. There's so much to watch right now. Raw is 3 hours. Uh SmackDown is 2 hours. 2 uh this is just WWE. 205 Live is another hour. NXT is another hour. Um, talking smack is a half hour. If they do an after show for Raw, that's another half hour. Uh, and all of this is either on like Hulu or their their network, and then you have their big specials. And I, some people might disagree and say, you know, you can't put like that kind of. It's scripted. It's it's I I can I I can put it on there because it's a scripted athletic show uh and it is um it it's it's been a, it's it's broken records for the amount of like the episodic it, it broke uh Gunsmoke's record for however many it was for uh the ep- most episodic episodes of television aired because they're way past their like thousand episodes um and uh i could I, i'm just gonna make it short I, I mean there's no off season to it i mean so if you, it's 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 not the ufc where you can watch someone you know get knocked out in 10 seconds yeah, that might be exciting for some but it's not for me i'd much rather see a whole lot of story going behind a fight um and um 
as I said, there's no off season. They WrestleMania is just around the corner. It's and um Monday. It's not even like the Super Bowl where you have two teams going against each other, and the next time you see them is you know preseason, which is however many months away. No, you see all of those wrestlers the very next night wrestling. And there's just so much content. It's it's just so much, and it's just meant so much to me that I uh, it's uh, it's my number one pick. I could I could keep going, but I'm not. I'm stopping there. Yeah, I'm not going to ask any follow up questions because we don't have the time. Oh, oh I... I'll answer follow up questions. Here we go. Uh, I no, would say I'm, Daniel I'm Bryan. Make a, okay, two statements that affirm you. <laughs> we'll just mute him for a while. Uh, we have that. We'll fix it in post. Um, but uh, I agree with the the sort of genre. I was very close to putting late night TV just as a favorite show, just to, an all encompassing sort of thing, as I touched on. Um, but it's also like a unique because like it is scripted. It is entertainment. I mean, they identify as it identify it it as such. Yet it's also something that will appear on the ESPN app. Like, it's such a hybrid in the two worlds that, I mean, mm-hmm. sports in general could very easily be any of our um, top picks, whether it's one of the major sports or any of them, um, because it's got such a huge connection to TV. Um, but sports plus, like, that entertainment, I mean, that that has a good justification being in your list. Uh, no further questions. No further answers, please. Well, I... I son. <laughs> Well, I I will I will just say this though, like like what you were saying, uh, like CM Punk went on to go to UFC, and I don't know if you guys heard about it. It was very disappointing to watch. Uh, he he got beat up very quickly, and it. But the thing is, when he was when he was back in WWE, he was like uh, the top. He was top tier. He was telling fantastic stories, fantastic wrestling matches, and then he goes to UFC, and uh, it just—it's just—it's not the same. And um, if you like UFC, that's fantastic. Go ahead, enjoy it. It's not for me. I'd like more story. I like more entertainment. I'd like to have like Ric Flair's of the world coming out in big sparkly robes. Um, I'd like—I'd like to have. I'd like to have underdogs actually have a chance in my storylines. And yeah, I'm actually done now. So thank you. Thank you for the time. All right. I'll keep it going with my number one pick, which is the X-Files. For me, the reason this show hits number one is it is the show that made me love TV. I remember the exact episode that I, you know, first watched. It was the season one episode, Fire. And there was just something about it that hooked me and that made it like must-see TV for me every week. You know, people knew that you don't bother calling me when the X-Files is on because I'm not going to pick up. I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to talk to you until the show is over. You know, because this was back in, before the day of DVR. Um it was one of those shows that could do anything. So one week you could have, again, an episode that was just truly horrific and creepy and scary, uh, like this, the episode Home. And then the next week you suddenly could have an episode that is just flat out hilarious. 
You would have shows that were more science fiction, some shows that were more paranormal, shows that were, again, just straight up horror. It could do it all. And then at the same time, you had this larger ongoing story um, that are referred to as the mythology episodes that kind of tie everything together. Now, I will say the X-Files is not perfect in that it was one of those shows that they should have given themselves a episode count like, oh, we're going to get this far and then we're going to stop. And because of its popularity, they kept it going. So they were forced to tweak and change things rather than ending them when they should have. Um, but at the same time, again, it is one of those shows that I will rewatch. Um, there are episodes that, you know, I pull out at certain times um, just because I feel like watching them or they just fit the mood or they go with, you know, things that are going on in life. Um, you know, it's it's also the show that first made me seek out other fans of it. Remember, you know, in the early days of the Internet, getting onto the X-Files message boards and actually, you know, chatting with other fans. Even now, I'm, you know, members of a couple different X-Files groups on Facebook um, where you can just, you know, hop on and chat with, you know, other X-Files fans about it. It is has been and continues to be my my favorite TV show of all time. Is your is the like Fox extended reboot a part of that? In your mind? Yes. Yeah, it's it's canon. It's part of the show. Um it definitely did not live up to my expectations. Well, and unfortunately and that's that hard, was though. <laughs> well, yes, but also it it did show some of Chris Carter's limitations as a writer. Um, he has not evolved with time. And, you know, because you could see that the two weakest episodes of the reboot or the the event series, I think is what they referred to it as, were the first episode and the last episode, which were the two written and directed by him. And they were the weakest. Um, they just you know, story-wise felt a little off. But at the same time, it was X-Files and I still enjoyed it, but it didn't meet the higher standard that I was hoping for. Because I'm someone, I even enjoyed the second movie. I know that one gets a lot of people crap on it. Um, But for me, the thing that worked about that movie was the fact that you still had the characters of Mulder and Scully you know, felt right. The way they interacted with each other, the way they they talked and handled situations felt true to character. And so while it wasn't an alien movie that most people wanted, um, it, it, it just, it felt like another X-Files episode. And if and when I get another season or another event series, I will be happily sitting in front of my television the night it comes out to watch it live so that I don't have anything spoiled. All right, Mike, number one. Uh, all right, my number one, which was alluded to earlier, uh, my number one is The Wire. Um, I mean, Dave did discuss its greatness, so I don't think I need to go too far into it, but I really enjoyed the way 
Although there was a steady cast of characters, each season definitely dealt with a different aspect of it. So while, I mean, the main... A lot of people would say that this show was actually about the city itself, but the the beginning was sort of, you know, how the cops deal with the drug dealers, and the second season was how the drugs were sort of getting into the city. Um, and I think uh, I think it was the fourth season was this one with the kids, how the kids were affected, which was yep. by far the most heartbreaking. Um, and just the, how real it all felt and... And like Dave said, it was it's hard to get other people to watch it sometimes. You got I think though, if you get past the first two or three episodes, I think you can really get hooked. Uh, a lot of people hate on the last season, and and while I'll say it, it wasn't the strongest, I still think it fit well with the story, and it was more of a how the news looks at it. And uh, yeah, all in all, it's just a great show, and. There's so many great characters, and it's really well acted. And yeah, like uh, like like David said, it's it's weird to see the cop who was basically just as bad as the sometimes just as bad as the drug dealers, or maybe the drug dealers are better people. That's just their lot in life, you know. Watching the kids grow up and just following in their family footsteps—that's just what life is to them. And I just think the whole realness of it all and how dark it feels just grips you and you become attached and yeah, it's a great show. Yeah. And and every episode had like some unbelievable quotes like that, that I still use today. Like just the Omar, Omar little, like if, if you aim at the King, you best not miss. Yeah. You know? And I mean, there's just so many. Yeah. There's so many really good, um, I I don't know. And even with each season, although they used the same theme song, it changed, like it was basically in a different style every season, so it was slightly different, but I thought that was an interesting touch as well. But, uh, yeah. Dave, your number one? Uh, my number one, um, is West Wing. Um. It was a lot of reordering and shuffling, and this was one that I just, you know, had to make a decision on. Um, it's a good representation of um, Aaron Sorkin's work um, as a writer, especially some of the early stuff is just fantastic. Um, I think no matter what your political views are, um, it was still something that made a whole lot of sense and that everyone was really able to engage with it. Um, I don't think that's true. Well, yeah. I think, I, I think a certain political mind would not agree with anything in that show, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I'd like to think, well, let me rephrase then because, um, you could be right. I think it's with some of like the without getting too political or anything like seeing a government system sort of work even with like the previous like where you don't really see like I I feel like 
let me start over a third time. Um, I feel like it's very interesting to see it sort of idolized is probably the the best word I'm going to go with now, where everything we get out of the news seems to be so much of the division to see like its overarching message of unity, even back in like, you know, early two thousands with it. Like it's a message that's still incredibly relevant today of, of just sort of the unification, sort of the, this is what it has the potential of being either side of like, if we're together, I don't know. Um, but I think that adds to it. The writing is is very good. Um, I had trouble with the last season because I was watching a fake um, election in the midst of a current election, which really <laughs> hurt my brain. And there was just a lot, of, a lot of debates and everything going on. So I had to set it aside for a little bit, um, which that sort of knowingly. Um, disrupted my my flow of the series and a little bit of the opinion because i got to the point where i said this is just too much too much elections in one place um but it's one that um like many of the shows that we have up and down across our lists um we certainly have a little bit more unity we all enjoy um or at least recognize um some of the good tv and i know that west wing's at least been Mentioned once, and I think most of you have been through most of it. And I like a lot of Aaron Sorkin's shows to some degree, but that's one that's just like, I think the great, great example. Um, love the theme song whenever it pops on. Um, like other people related to people in this podcast, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's just one that. Uh, um, is a good good representation of of a drama for me. Um, I probably would have included The Wire. Um, had I watched it, I do own the complete series box set that I'm waiting to sort of just <laughs> sit down and do a good binge on it. Um, but it was one that I was not um, reserved in purchasing the complete series because literally everyone I've talked to says exactly what's been mentioned here and more on it. Like there's nothing more that's glowing. Um, I think I got the first disc from Netflix disc and was hooked enough on it, but it's just like one that I really want to devote the time to and just sort of sit down and go, go through. Fair enough. But that's why it's absent from me. I I think as a, a few more notes onto the West wing, um, I had mentioned it earlier because it was in my honorable mentions, but I think it, like I said, it could have been higher up too. Um, I think the last few seasons in general were a little harder to take. Um, but Aaron Sorkin had left, I believe, after season four. And then uh, when Rob Lowe left, and I think um, Toby was my favorite character. And I think they took him in a way that uh, I don't think was the best for him at the end. But right. Um, so I think while the beginning of the show was very great, the ending of it was just good. Um, and as you were alluding to, uh, when I watched it, my daughter would watch it with me, and when she was one and two, and constantly asked to watch Wing with me. So 
a little advanced <laughs> for her age, but she did love the theme song. And if I was finishing an episode that I had left off on, sometimes I would still have to go back to the beginning for her to believe that we were actually watching it because she had to watch the theme song first. So, yeah, I, I, it is a good show and very well cast, especially the beginning. And even when they brought on um, Edward Molina, I believe is his name. Uh, and Santos and the others, like, I still think it was well cast and well done, but it, it just did lose a little bit toward the end. So that's just my note on it. Fair enough. Well, that wraps things up for us there. We've made it through our favorite TV shows. Um, if you haven't listened to it yet, our first episode, we focused on our favorite movies. Who knows what we're going to talk about next time for episode three. You'll just have to come back and listen, find out. Um, yeah we do appreciate you taking the time to listen to us um you can also check us out on facebook um follow us on twitter i am at tangential sven i am at mike 037 i'm at van dava v-a-n-d-a-v-a i'm at the dave iverson um so yeah check us out on on there the other social medias um, we greatly appreciate it. Um, yeah. And so, and thank you for listening and have a great night. Bye.